Hi, this is David Yaz of the Boston Podcast Network. We hope you are staying safe, sound, and sane as this year continues to drag on and we do all that we have to do to get through this pandemic. Well, how about this? If you want to be on a Zoom call that isn't dreadfully boring, please join us for Zoomapalooza, an interactive adventure of fun, games, comedy, and who knows what else. Tickets are absolutely free or hire us for your next office or corporate event. Just visit pod617.com slash Zoom. That's pod617.com slash Zoom. Now enjoy the following production of pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. Are you ready? From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, and thieves. Welcome to the Boston Podcast. My name is Dave. If you like this podcast, we encourage you, please, my friends, to subscribe to us on Apple Podcast. Also, share this with a friend. Give us a rating on Apple Podcast app or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And, by the way, if you want your own podcast, we produce them here at pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. So visit that site if you want to learn out how to get started and be the next big podcast star yourself. But this is the podcast, the Boston Podcast, that tells the story stories of your city through the voices of your city. We have uh, a very interesting guest today. Are you the outdoorsy type? I pose the question to myself. Unfortunately, no comes the answer, but I'd like to be more outdoorsy. I might have the, the king of outdoorsiness on the line here today. He is the president and CEO of the Appalachian Mountain Club, which was founded way back in 1876. And John was not around there, but John Judge is here today. Here he is in the virtual studio, Mr. John Judge. And where's my applause button? Oh, there it is. All right. <laughs> the, Thanks, Dave. The crowd is on their feet here, John. How is how's everything going? I mean, you're an outdoorsy guy, so maybe your pandemic has been better than most because if you can get outdoors, you're for the most part safe, I guess. But how has this year been for you? Yeah, that's a that's a great point. We've really seen on the plus side of of folks having the physical uh, distance and and create some space. We've really seen an acceleration in the outdoors and so many more folks getting out and local trails and figuring out what's on their list, if you will, for each season to keep them getting out to create some variety. But as an organization for the Appalachian Mountain Club or AMC, the toughest thing for us has been we've had to close our high mountain huts. We've got these eight high mountain huts in the White Mountains in New Hampshire, and they typically, they host 45,000 plus folks every, every summer. We open them up in late May and they're open through September. So we weren't able to do overnights this year. We kept them open in what's called a service mode where we had a couple of staff, a couple hut crew at each hut, and they would do things like prepare takeaway lunches or allow folks to you know fill up their water bottle there. And then we did we did quite a bit of search and rescue because with all the returns, with all these people coming to the outdoors. There are quite a few folks, as you can imagine, where it was maybe their first big hike, 
So to have us there for search and rescue, that was, that was a real bonus. I'm glad we funded that and kept that open. But on the revenue side of things, we probably lost about $5 million, which, oh. which is a big hit. Yeah. Yeah. So you've not been able to do everything that you typically do, but let's, let's explain that to folks. Your sort of stated mission, if I'm not mistaken, is to advance the interest in the outdoors conservation stewardship and advancing the outdoor economy. So, but tell me how, what does that actually mean? What's a typical day in terms of completing your outdoorsy mission? Yeah, that's a, it's a great question. The neat thing is there's no typical day for us. My, my background, I worked at a lot of nonprofits, Habitat for Humanity, Goodwill Industries, the Scouts, but at AMC, we have about five different business lines, if you will. And one of the big pieces is lodging. We have about a hundred facilities. So front country lodges that you can drive up to and have a nice uh, private room with a private bath to uh, backcountry camping facilities, lean-tos or Adirondack kind of structures out, out along the Appalachian Trail or tent campsites. We own coming up on 100,000 acres in, in the main woods now with 100 miles of trails and beautiful eco lodges up there. We just finished our, our third eco lodge a couple of uh, summers ago. It was a, an $8 million project. So when you get there, it is absolutely stunning. So thinking about, thinking about what we do, it's the intersection of outdoor recreation and conservation. So we very much try, Dave, to bring people to conservation through the fun of the outdoors. So it's everything from teaching teachers how to get their kids out around their schoolyards and experience nature, to teaching you the basics of winter hiking, to helping folks get on an international outdoors vacation, cycling or hiking somewhere. So it really runs the full gamut. But when you cut to the, when you peel back all the layers, what we have really focused on is conservation stewardship. And and part of that is what we call active conservation, which includes trail building, which includes conservation research, studying phenology when plants start to bud and in turn and how they grow. So it's really a wonderful mission and a lot of fun. If you, if you have a little ADD like me, you get up every morning with a spring in your step and say, okay, what are we going to do today? Sure. Yeah. So it, I, I don't know if that helps. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, where, tell me what is the, the jurisdiction? Because I confess, I don't know exactly where the Appalachian mountains begin and end. So the Appalachian region stretches all the way down to Georgia. We go from Maine to Virginia. Okay. So the furthest South we go is the AMC Potomac chapter, which is in the, the DC, Virginia, West Virginia area. We've pretty much started out as a Boston-based organization. We're headquartered in Charlestown, and we've been in Boston since our start in 1876. We're founded by scientists and academics from MIT and, and Harvard and you name it, who are saying, hey, let's get into the outdoors, but let's do our work to protect the outdoors as well. So. While we've sprung up in New England, we've been very fortunate over the past uh, couple of decades to start 
expanding south. We have a new outdoor center. Actually, it's about four years old now, so not so new. Mm-hmm. About 30 miles outside of New York City. So that's doing incredibly well. We've got a second outdoor center planned there too in a state park called Harriman State Park. And then, as you can imagine, we were one of the founders of the Appalachian Trail, which came in the 1920s around the Depression era when the Appalachian Trail was established. So AMC is one of the largest trail maintainers or or the largest trail maintainer of the Appalachian Trail. There are about 34 different trails groups Mm -hmm. that help with that. So we're often, you know, confused with the Appalachian Trail, which is okay with me because they're just such a great group. But AMC itself is focused on how do we engage folks in the fun of the outdoors? You started off your program with, hey, let's let's make this fun and then get them to, okay, what do I need to do to take responsibility and exert my influence as a conservation steward? Mm. By the way, John is the author of a book called The Outdoor Citizen, Get Out, Give Back, Get Active. And you can find that wherever fine books are sold. We'll talk a little bit about that later. That's a teaser, people. That's a podcast word teaser. Anyway, so, <laughs> so John, I've only recently, in recent years, gotten into hiking. And I don't consider myself a hiking guy per se. But it is simply a cool activity. And it became more critical this year when you couldn't go to a, a restaurant or a movie, which is what I where I probably would have ended up. So... Went to places like in in Sharon, we have, oh my God, what's the name of the park in Sharon? I can't believe I've forgotten it. And Mass Audubon, right? There's Mass Audubon, there's Moose Hill, which features a lot of trails. And there's, oh my God, I, I can't believe I've forgotten this. It'll come to me. But so what I was getting at was there are certain things that can make a hike a day of walking through the woods better or worse, more enjoyable, maybe more educational. And so when I go, I like to have a sense of where exactly I'm walking, how long it's going to be. And then it's always cool if you can walk to some kind of landmark. There's a sort of an observatory thing at the top of Blue Hills, for example, which it kind of makes you feel like you really got to the top of the mountain when you get there. But what what kind of experience do you hope people have when they trek onto trek through one of the trails that is under your umbrella? The the great thing is that each of us, each person, each one can can set out on their own outdoor journey. And like you said, Dave, you might just be content doing local hikes. I have somebody who a friend of mine who is a avid outdoors person and once a week he's in the blue hills the six thousand acre blue hills milton randolph canton it's stunning and while you're not getting a heck of a lot of elevation i think it's 1100 feet up to the tower on great blue hill you could spend the whole day hiking in the blue hills Mm. or close to home we've got a We've got a trail called the Bay Circuit Trail that rings around Boston. It goes, it starts around Plum Island, goes southwest out to Framingham, and then down south to Duxbury. But it's a 230-mile trail. So what we've heard during this pandemic time especially is people are hiking the whole thing. They're saying, okay, I want to do a 20-mile stretch today, or I want to do a 10-mile stretch, and they're bringing their friends out. So I think if you think about just your outdoor experience as an outdoor journey and chart out a little bit what you want to get out of it and, and really go deep in the areas that you're, 
that you love. For so many people, it's kayaking, and we've got a number of ways to get into kayaking. We've got a new, at AMC, we've got a new winter uh, map that's come out for the White Mountains. So it shows you where the hike, where the cross-country ski, where the snowshoe. So I really recommend charting it out and taking bite-sized pieces, not going for the Matterhorn on day one, but rather looking at, hey, what can I do locally and have fun at it, and then continue uh, to chip away. We've got something called uh, the 4,000 footers in New Hampshire, where there are 48 uh, mountains that are over 4,000 feet. And for a lot of folks, that's their bucket list. They chip away at those 48 high peaks and do them, in some cases, over the course of a decade. So creating your own little bucket list, sketching it out, making it fun, keeping it in bite-sized pieces, creating some achievement where you can to stretch yourself. And then lastly, the first thing everyone should do is make sure that you're prepared. So Mm -hmm. it's everything from what's called the 10 essentials. So what you have to have when you go on a hike, and it's everything from as you can imagine, a water bottle and rain gear and a, a, a flashlight. So those 10 essentials are key from a safety standpoint. And then secondly, to make it fun, it's such a wonderful thing to do with family or friends. So to drag your friend along on a hike, including folks that have never hiked before, starting them out at the right level and introducing them to the outdoors and nature for the first time. There's nothing like it. It, it, It's really a a sense of fulfillment uh, for them and a sense of gratification for for your friendship. Mm -hmm. Tell me about hiking in the winter, because I would have thought that most people would prefer to do it when they don't have to bundle up and maybe deal with snow and terrain they're not familiar with. But are you here to tell me that most of the places you oversee are continue to be open and welcoming throughout the year? Pretty much. We have, we have quite a few seasonal facilities. We've got some of the best family camps that are, as you can imagine, are just camps open during the summer. And we've, we own an island, for instance, in the middle of Lake Winnipesaukee called Three Mile Island, which has 52 little cabins on it. So folks, families have gone out there for generations. We have another facility. Wait a minute, in, three, uh, three Mile Island, but not that Three Mile Island. I know. Yeah, we've got to work on the branding there, Dave. (laughs) I think that, yeah, that needs a new name. But anyway, sorry, continue, please. Yeah, it's three miles from the dock. That's how they they named it. So, and then we've got another one up in Maine called Echo Lake and one on the Maine border in New Hampshire called Cold River Camp. But those are great seasonal camps. And then the winter, we've got a couple self-service huts, which the huts, of course, are not open now but we have our front country lodges that continue to be open. So for instance, there's one in Bredon Woods, really a beautiful property called the Highland Center. It's door to door from Boston. It's just under three hours and you can have your own private room with a private bathroom, or if you're bringing up a group, you can take over a small studio with multiple bunk beds in it. And there are all kinds of local winter hikes around there. And for many people who are starting out for the first time, we've got an awesome free gear room there. So you drive up, Dave, stay with us. And you want to 
takeouts, long underwear, uh, a fleece jacket, cross cross country poles and snowshoes. We've got all of that there. So you can borrow all that stuff and then go out locally on some of these small hikes. But there's nothing like uh, snowshoeing or cross country skiing uh, during the winter. It's just, it's such great exercise. It's a wonderful way to experience uh, nature and get out on these trails that can't accommodate downhill skiers. So, and I know in some of our sites, like up in the Maine woods, we have quite a few aficionados in the fat tire bikes. So getting out there and cycling in the snow too, and these giant tire bikes, that's a blast as well. But in terms of snowshoeing, once you've done it a couple times, you're quickly going to get the habit of it in terms of Mm -hmm. how to swing your feet, how to kick in your feet as you're going up a hill, uh, how to skid a little bit and slide down a hill as you're coming down. Mm. So I would definitely recommend it, but you you can come up and stay with us and do an intro to snowshoeing kind of course, and then borrow the gear from us, see if you like it and go out in and around some of our lodges. That's great. I've never snowshoed before. I'm scared. It looks kind of like lo- <laughs> looks. I would try it though. Honestly, it it looks laborious to me. But you seem to be telling me once you get the hang of it, it's it's fun. I guess and good exercise too. I guess it's yeah, it's fantastic exercise. It's a lot of fun. One of the neat things about having a snowpack going up and hiking in New Hampshire or elsewhere is you really don't have to contend with jumping from rock to rock or watching out for roots because everything is packed over. So you're walking on top of, of this snow. And once it's been kind of padded down by a couple other snowshoers, it really is, it's a pretty neat way to see uh, the mountains or discover terrain that might be a little bit more difficult during the summer season. Do people go to your website for more info on all this? I note that it is very easy to remember, outdoors.org. Is that the best place for people to find info on all that? That is, yeah, that's the best place, outdoors with an S.org. And there's lodging there. There are skill building classes if you want to take a class. Once you become an AMC member, it's $50 for an individual or $75 for a family. Once you become an AMC member, you get not only big discounts at our, at our facilities, but you get the option of going out and taking advantage of thousands of activities and classes. And most of them, I'd say 80% of them are free. Mm-hmm. So it's really quite a value. We haven't changed our membership rates in 16 years. So we're, we're trying to keep them pretty reasonable. And you have a chance to become part of not only a great membership community, but if you're looking for ways to volunteer, the backbone of AMC are the 16,000 volunteers that we have. It's one of the most committed and robust and passionate uh, group of outdoors people in the country. So you have a chance to get involved with that too. And one of the big ways that people love to get involved is not only in teaching other folks, but in helping us do things like building trails. Mm -hmm. So the book you wrote, The Outdoor Citizen, Get Out, Give Back, Get Active. Tell me a little bit about that and what the inspiration was 
And uh, by the way, I, the name of the park I couldn't remember was Borderland State Park. I grew up in the shadow of Borderland State Park, and I couldn't remember the name of it, which is horrible. Anyway, we want to hear. <laughs> the, and the other thing I was going to say is you, you've <clears throat> you've uh, considered yourself accomplished today because I will sign up. I, w- I vow to become a member of uh, the AMC. That sounds like tremendous bang for the buck. And listeners, you should do the same. So, yes, go to outdoors.org. Now tell us about the book, please, John. Sure. So a couple of years ago, might, might be four years ago now, I started to talk about this idea of outdoor citizenship. And it basically meant that, hey, we can all be outdoor citizens. It doesn't matter what country you're from or what zip code you live in, city, rural, overseas, you name it. We all need to step up and be outdoor citizens. And it's not not only about the... Uh, conservation work that needs to be done and urgently needs to be attended to on climate change, global warming, and other areas, protecting forests, you name it. But it's for each one of our own having a more fulfilling, fun, rewarding experience, pulling us away from technology. The outdoors is needed more than ever before. And I think we've really gotten away from that. And in the book, I tell some stories growing up with a a dad who grew up in poverty in Attleboro, Massachusetts, and went into the Marines and graduated from the Marine Corps, went to Rhode Island School of Design, became a landscape architect, and really became an avid outdoors uh, person. So to have that kind of background was critical for me and integral to my uh, love of the outdoors and becoming an Eagle Scout and so on. But I think the gist of the outdoor citizen is we each need to push ourselves to get outdoors, to have fun in the outdoors, create some of those outdoor journeys that you and I were talking about, but then also figure out where could we help in terms of Uh, protecting the outdoors, contributing to the health of the outdoors. Uh, And it might be helping out with a local community garden, or it might be coming out and working on an AMC uh, trail crew and volunteering for uh, a day or two, helping with the local trails. Mm -hmm. Or it could be becoming a citizen scientist with us. We've got a a really neat uh, program now called the Dragonfly Mercury Project, where we have thousands of volunteers, Dave, go out, they're trained, and they go out and they scoop up uh, dragonfly eggs, and dragonflies lay thousands of eggs, so it, it's no slight on them when you pick up a few eggs, mm-hmm. and then they analyze those eggs for mercury poisoning, and it's become an incredible project and a great way for citizen scientists to go out and contribute to the health of the outdoors, so I, oh wait a minute! Point. Hold on! Hold on! Hold on! On, I'm, I have nothing against the dragonflies. I have many friends that are dragonflies, but I'm just curious what why dragonflies in particular, and why are they getting mercury poisoning? So dragonflies, unlike other insects, they they spend more time in one particular area. So their eggs have trace amounts of mercury because they. They live, in, they live in a particular pond or a particular wetland for a couple of years versus what some other insects do, which is a quick 
fly in and fly out, if you will. <laughs> but for dragonflies, they're a great indicator. I see. Okay. Go dragonflies. The out the outdoor citizen again is the name of the book by John Judge, and find that on. I take it you can find this anywhere, Amazon and such. That's right. Yeah. Okay. And audio too. Do you narrate the audio book? I do not. Thankfully, uh, there's a guy with a, a a great voice like yours that narrates it. Thank you. When I finally get around round to writing my book. I will be the second choice for the voiceover. First is Alec Baldwin, of course. If, if he's not available, I might have to do it myself. That sounds pretty good. So before we depart today, friends, we have an edition of Good Stuff coming up where both John and I will suggest something good. And I even picked something on the outdoorsy theme for mine. Isn't that cool? You'll have to stay tuned just a moment to hear that. Before we do good stuff, let me tell you for just a minute what we do at the Boston Podcast Network. Pod617.com is where you go if you want your own podcast. Why should you do a podcast? Well, there are lots of reasons. You might be the next big podcast star. It's a great way to promote your business, your service. If you are a restaurant owner, for example, you may want to do a podcast on food. Wouldn't that be cool? Or if you're a lawyer financial advisor, professional, a lot of people are using podcasts to elevate their personal brand and also to reach out to their networks, their clients, their would-be clients. You have them as guests on the show and they're just amazed. We produce a slick product. We ship out a USB microphone to you. So if you would like, you can do everything from the comfort of your own home, which is kind of the theme of 2020 after all. Go to pod617.com to get started. The Boston Podcast Network in pod we trust. All right, let's play a round of good stuff. Oh, that's the good stuff. All right. So, it's uh, your turn first, John. So, what would you like to recommend to our listeners? Now, this can be on the outdoorsy front, but it doesn't have to be. It can be anything. Let your imagination run wild. Do you have something? Yeah, I would say on the outdoorsy front, there's so many uh, different ways to get involved in, in the outdoors and looking at what we have just in the greater Boston area, I would suggest that you just check out some of the, the websites of local outdoors places to visit, not only ours, outdoors.org, but certainly the trustees of reservations, which has many great spots that Mass Audubon, which has many great places around Massachusetts and then one, one other than your podcast, Dave, one place that I <laughs> yep. enjoy listening to is a monocle.com, which mm -hmm. has really interesting insights from entrepreneurs and from the finance world and from the urban world. But thinking about ways for each of us to, to learn more about, hey, what's happening around the world beyond what the headlines uh, tell us. So those are two quick recommendations. I like that. I had I had not heard of Monocle. So Monocle, like the thing the Monopoly guy keeps in one eye, it, it, exactly. right? <laughs> M-O-N-O-C-L-E, monocle.com. And I'm already looking. There's a lot of great stuff on here. Well, good. Yes, you've passed the audition, John. Well done. For my entry in good stuff today, I'll bring up a, a documentary film that I just noticed on Netflix, although I believe it's been around for a little while. And it's called The Dawn Wall. And many of you probably have already seen the documentary called Free Solo, which is was a smash hit and I think won an Academy Award. But this one is similar in that it's about rock climbing. 
It's about the uh, mountain known as El Capitan in, I believe, Yellowstone uh, Park. And it's about this crusade of this young man who, with the help of some friends, sets out to scale the wall known as the Don Wall of El Capitan, which is believed to be an impossible task. I'm going to play just maybe a minute of the trailer here for you. And, uh, John, you can watch, but the rest of our listeners can just listen. When you see El Capitan for the first time, I mean, it takes your breath away. Early in the morning, there's this one panel of the wall that illuminates first, the Don Wall. It has never been climbed until Tommy Caldwell came along. Nobody had actually considered trying. It's like stepping off the edge of the earth. Question here is, why are you doing this? I was this very fragile little kid. He didn't crawl until he was over two. I think my dad felt the best way to prepare this kid for the world was to toughen him up a little bit. And so he took me on all the craziest climbing walls you could ever do, and he did it with a six-year-old. By the time I was 14 or 15, there was climbs that I could do that my dad couldn't. Tommy became one of the best young climbers. And then he got invited to Kyrgyzstan to rock climb. And all of a sudden, we were hostages. After being held captive for six days, four young Americans confront the ultimate choice to kill or be killed. He saved their lives. So I'm going to stop it there because the trailer's starting to give away some of the best stuff in the documentary. But you, ha- you, you don't happen to have seen this already, John, have you? I have not, no. Yeah, so the, our protagonist, it's a documentary. It's real, of course, but Tommy Cal- Caldwell, it's mainly a documentary about his love for rock climbing and how he, the, the, El Cap- the Don Wall of El Capitan is his ultimate. It's his ultimate achievement to be able to do this. But right off the bat, the documentary takes a dramatic and just really compelling turn when you learn he goes with his girlfriend and these two other guys to Kyrgyzstan. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Anyway, it's in in the Himalayas and to, to mountain climb and soon after arriving becomes abducted by terrorists. <laughs> it becomes this interna- international incident. And I don't even want to tell you what happens, but... It is as dramatic a story as you'll hear, and that's just the first 20 minutes of the documentary. The rest of it is really his mountain climbing adventures. Do you do any mountain climbing, John? No. I About uh, four years ago, though, I was out right at that Dawn Wall in Yosemite mm-hmm. and just climbing at the base of it, and it is it's stunning. But we got up at you know 5 a.m. or so, and the way the sun hits that, it's absolutely spectacular. So... I know exactly where he was climbing. Yeah. It, it is straight up. You know, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah, it's straight up, and parts of it are incredibly smooth. And there's one area where he has to literally, like, jump several yards from one area of the mountain to another. That's the only option, and it takes him forever to figure out how to do that. This isn't like free solo where he has no harnesses. He's got a harness, so it's not quite that that level of drama. But really great documentary well done. It's called the Don Wall. And as you correctly point out, John, that area of the mountain is called the Don Wall because of the way the sun hits it in the morning in the spectacular fashion. So thumbs up from me. 
And uh, yet another reason to go outside, climb a mountain, get your snowshoes on. Once again, John Judge, thanks so much for being a good sport and for joining us, the Appalachian Mountain Club. You should join it. You heard how cheap the dues were, people. Come on. What else are you doing with your money these days? And you can go to outdoors.org to find out more about it and to sign up. And don't forget John's book, The Outdoor Citizen. So am am I a good hype person for you, John, or what? I'm getting there. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> and I hope you enjoyed yourself. Oh, I did. This was a blast. Thank you for the invitation and thanks for having me on. Awesome. John Judge, you are now you're now due outside because I understand if you're inside for more than 37 minutes, you turn to dust or something, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks so much. If you enjoyed this podcast, then seek professional help. No, I was going to say if you enjoyed this podcast, then subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Go to pod617.com if you're interested in your own podcast. On behalf of John, Judge, and all of the great outdoors, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston, but if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Have a great day, everybody. Get out there. Let's go.